the third season premiere of the Third Gallon Podcast. Outlawed and betrayed, a band of desperados come together to get their revenge. Well, honestly, I, I got a bone to pick with some people. I had it pretty good here, but then um, Muglin kind of screwed me over, and I, I'd really like to hurt him some. I ask that you keep that traitor's name out of your mouth. Away from my presence. That man stole me from my flock. He is leading them to ruin. Well, helping you hurt Mogland helps me get Angelique Loveless. Then the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They'll take on a job to hit their rivals where it hurts. Here's the game. Ambrose Mugland has a decent portion of his funds invested in an old bank called the Gold Tank Reserve. This is our chance to hit Mugland where it hurts. So long as their plan goes off without a hitch. Uh, We go into the bank. We kill the automatons. If you would consider them alive. Now that's morals right there. We we, <laughs> we dismantle. We rob the bank and we walk out the back door. Season three begins. Material wealth has no meaning to me. <laughs> On the other hand, it has a lot of meaning to me. I don't recall asking. Now. Well, 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 well. Looks like God won't let this podcast die. <laughs> Welcome to season oh, three. That was a deep dig. Of the third <laughs> oh. gallon podcast. The third season. We are playing a very special game today, a game that we have wanted to play for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, an odd game if you look at the other things we've played, uh, and it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be playing Pathfinder 2nd you know, Edition. Derek, I dare say, if you look at the rest of the things that we've played, this is a more normal game. I mean, if you look at what we've played, you know, we've talked about on air how our group uh, was a D and D three point five group, and then we graduated to for all of two or three sessions. Yeah, oh, we just had a good year or two. Well. I think. Well, we played for yeah, a while. You're right. You're right. Uh, and then we graduated to Pathfinder first edition way way back in the day. Good decision um, that we made. And for the show, we've been you know exploring and uh, playing a bunch of different new games. That's that's part of the vibe of the show. So you may be asking yourself, why are you guys going back to Pathfinder? Well. The main reason is we want to play this game. But the other reasons are this game has literally been sitting on my shelf uh, since it came out in 2019. Uh, Jacob and I both got it and we've been looking over like the rules of it and drooling over playing it. But we had so many like first edition games and 5e games that we never got Mm -hmm. a chance to actually play it. And then something really special happened. Uh, this isn't just a Pathfinder 2E game. You know, we've done, you know, different flavors of fantasy before. But we're playing the Outlaws of Alkenstar Adventure Path, which is kind of like the adventure path of our dreams. Not only that, but it is the adventure path of Micah's dreams. That's oh. the so most important I thing. I thoroughly invite, uh, invite you, you listeners, except for Micah, to say aloud, 
Suck it, Micah. (laughs) It's actually kind of funny, though, because we had a different plan for our third season. Um, Love you, Micah. Going into it, we we were going to play a different game when we were we were planning it. Uh, But literally what happened was we had uh, our our good friend Micah sit down and play uh, with us back in season two when we were playing the Witcher RPG. And we had a cowboy Western adventure with Witcher. And it was a lot of fun. And then I think one or two weeks later, Paizo posted like the official artwork for Outlaws of Alkenstar and a bunch of like descriptions about it. And all of us were like, hey, (laughs) oh, that looks pretty great. Why don't we do that? And we spent the next like three months learning Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Boy. This this season is probably the biggest undertaking we've ever done as a podcast. <laughs> uh, we've spent a whole month test running this game, and we still are only just kind of scratching the surface of it. You know, normally when we prepare games, we read the rule books, you know, way in advance. Uh, we run our test sessions. We want to do like one or two. This one, we ran, I think, three or four test sessions. Yeah. Uh, we were reading books months in advance, and we still didn't get through all the content. We just got as much as we could to know how to play. It's but a, that's It's a bigger game. It's a huge game, and this is going to be a big season because of it. Uh, and, you know, that's part of what we get to take along with you. You know, we've gone in to this learning the basics of the rules we know how to play we're going to tell a fun story with you guys and you get to learn the game with us uh, to a certain extent we're going to teach you how to play as we go through and when we come across mm-hmm. things that we don't know we get to get to be there for the ride you get to hear us we look up the rules for 30 minutes because yeah. that's that that's well, not <laughs> 30 <completely> minutes <laughs> unedited raw boy yep. this <laughs> as much as that be easier to edit that is not going to be what happens uh, I um, think I'd rather die than listen to that, honestly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and this is another thing where we can take a system like Pathfinder that's built for fantasy and kind of do a different genre with it on the show. You know, we've done two different fantasy games and they've been different takes on uh, that genre, but we get to lean into some yeehaw. We get to lean into some steampunk. It's it's going to be a fun and wild time. Um, this is also like the, the, just by volume and by people who play it, the biggest game we've ever played on the show. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be different in a lot of ways. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. How are you guys feeling coming and sitting down here? I've been psyched for this since we thought about it. (laughs) You think you're psyched. Uh Uh-huh. You're not the one in cosplay. Well, yeah. Drinking whiskey. I don't know what you're talking about. Out of a glass with a bullet in it. <laughs> I, I may have I may have acquired some <laughs> props today uh, for GMing. Uh, I don't know if we'll have p- pictures of this pop up in the video, but I, I did come ready to uh, to do this in costume. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the mechanics, you know, we've played first edition Pathfinder, but this is completely different from that. Um, the one thing that we kind of have familiarity wise going into this is we've played a bunch of one E adventures, so we know the setting better, but even still, uh, yeah. outlaws of Alkenstar takes place in a corner of Galarian. The, the world pathfinder is set in, uh, very far away from whatever we've done, um, which is what wonderful thing about it's, it's setting, but yeah, this adventure path, it's going to be great. Uh, if you've tuned in here because you know about the adventure path, you already kind of know what you're in for. And let me tell you, it's going to live up to the hype. Um, if, if you're new to Pathfinder, if you're new to this adventure path, basically, uh, we're going to be playing, uh, in the Pathfinder campaign setting, uh, there's a city called Alkenstar and it is nestled between the wizard nation of Nex and the undead nation of Geb who in time past warred with each other 
for like hundreds of years and left this scarred like devastated wasteland between them where magic is like unreliable and thousands of years in the future uh, a man named Ansel Alkenstar set up a settlement uh, called Alkenstar and it's become this like hub of invention innovation uh, all the firearms in Galarian kind of come from this area thanks Silicon Valley Yes, but with like bronze and gears and factories, it's 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 think Silicon Valley in a better world. Yeah, yeah. Steampunky, a more Valley. romantic, um, steampunk esque yeah. version. So romantic. So that and that's you know where what we're I mean? not that type of romantic. <laughs> and that's where our like adventure is taking place. It's it's super exciting. Uh, we've talked about this on air before, but in our 1E game, we've had a one-shot that we've never been able to get to that we want to run called Oops All Gun. And this is like same vibe, kind of. Not exactly, no, but it's, it's a same vibe. Holding us but over. it's still going to be really fun. It's, get, it's, it's tiding us over on the yeehaw, for sure. Um, I could talk about how excited I am to play this game, but to be honest, it's it's the first episode of a new season. I don't know about you guys, but I am ready to just dive headfirst into this game. I thought. Do you season, know what, thought, Derek? You mean hat first? Well, episode one was just you geeking out about it. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, well, let's put on our comically tall imagination top hats. Uh, and uh, cowboy hats. Nothing imagination about yours, dear. Nope, it's 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 real. Uh, if I could have bought a Doug Dimmodome hat that would poke <laughs> to my ceiling, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Um, a podcast we really like says to hop into the imagination copter. We're going to hop into our steampunk imagination airship. It's our, the dirigible. Our imagination horse-drawn carriage. Uh, yep, yep. Our imagination horse-drawn airship. I want the dirigible. <laughs> And let's uh, let's let's dive into this. You guys ready for a new prompt? <gasps> you guys love my overwritten uh, prompts each season. I do. Oh, I can't wait to just R- fuck you it. up with this. Uh, well, let me have like one or two episodes to get under my feet, and then you can try to throw me off again. All right. I hope that you have a cheeky radio uh, announcer voice to put, like modulator, to put over this. Centuries before the Starstone was raised, the Wizard Kings Nex and Geb warred with one another, scarring the land between them into a devastated, unstable magic wasteland. From the glowing ashes of the mana wastes arose Alkenstar, the city of smog, a metropolis of airships, skyscrapers, factories, and clockwork wonders. To the world, Alkenstar is the pinnacle of innovation and determination in the face of insurmountable odds. On its streets, life in Alkenstar is a non-stop race to stay ahead of the competition. And it is here that a desperate group, hungry for revenge, living on the edge of the law, hunts for the ones who cast them out. They are the outlaws of Alkenstar. How's that? How's That's that? That's good. That's good. I really I, like. I dug it. I, f- I love the flare of you waving your gloved hands. That white glove waving. Oh, you. It's pretty just- good. It was. It was very charming. Thank you. So this adventure, I- I'll, I'll just jump in here and say we're gonna have a great opening. Uh, this this adventure does one of my favorite things, where it prescribes an opening for you guys, and it's a cutscene. Let's dive into this. 
Draw. A crack of thunder fills the air. The smoking gun held by a powerfully built orc man wearing leather chaps, vest, and shiny sheriff's badge holds everyone's attention. The orc slowly lowers the firearm, stowing it back in his holster. He carefully and deliberately walks up to a bloody dwarf surveying his handiwork. I'm sorry I had to go down this way, brother. You picked the wrong side, and that's something I can't abide. He removes his pinched front hat, holding it over his heart, and after a moment he lowers his head. And the entire saloon erupts in applause as a pianist begins to play. And the orc bows deeply and then helps the dwarf to his feet, who also bows to the attending patrons. The two walk to the bar, arm in arm, and order a bottle of whiskey. Thanks for attending! A female dwarf uh, stands up on top of the bar, uh, addressing all the patrons in a loud voice. Whiskey's only two silver for the next hour, and that includes top shelf. Come back next week for the conclusion of Hearts at High Noon and our after party. Enjoy yourselves! And this dwarven woman named Phoebe Dunsmith hops off the bar onto a sawdust-covered floor and heads to a back room where a round table and a private bar await. She props one foot up on the stool, leans forward on her knee, and casts a suspicious eye around the room. Now that the show's over, let's talk business. I brought you all here because we share some common enemies, and with your help, I can make them pay. And you can get rich in the process. But first, I wanted you to tell me why you deserve a job that could pay your weight in gold. And seated around this table are all of your characters. Why don't we go around the table and describe each person sitting there? Oh, my character takes off his wide-brimmed hat and he holds it in his hands, kind of give it a tiny little bend. Well, hi there. It's awful nice to meet you guys. Uh, uh, well, uh... As he's talking, uh, we get a better look at him. He, uh, he's got... He's appears to be, for the most part, a normal human, uh, but his skin's a bit pale. Sometimes when he speaks, you can see some oddly long, pointed uh, canine teeth. Uh, he's got wild, not like crazy, crazy, but just uncombed not black quite, hair. Not quite dreaming Doc Brown style. That's right. Not quite, not wild, just uncombed. Sort of that uh, Westerner sort of wavy look, like yeah. it's been windblown. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. And he's uh, what he's wearing is a, uh, a flannel shirt. And over top of that is some overalls and then in pockets and strapped to him with straps are just various vials and tools and like magnifying glasses and just a whole bunch of stuff. As he sits there, as his blue eyes look at each other, he's like, well, honestly, I, I got a bone to pick with some people. I had it pretty good here, but then um, Muglin kind of screwed me over, and I, I'd really like to hurt him some. Well, that's good enough reason as any. Uh, who, who else wants to go and uh, describe who's at this table? As soon as the name Muglin leaves your lips, a pair of tall, sandy ears blackened at the tips go flat and uh, eyes that in the sort of dim light in the private bar were wide watching you go slitted at one point in time they were green but almost all the color has faded to a silver with just a ring around the pupil and two big metal 
paw-like hands slap on the table. I ask that you keep that traitor's name out of your mouth. Away from my presence. Uh, Along this character's back, uh, until it goes under some black leather uh, armor, is striped fur that is standing on edge and a tail lashes angrily behind them. It's got a twitching (laughs) lashing tail, please. uh, Awful sorry about that. No mean to offend. That man stole me from my flock. He is leading them to ruin. I have seen what Bri wants. I have seen the perfection of mortality and he exiled me because he is afraid. But I forgive him. And I will, just as I have myself, and they raise both their mechanical arms, uh, throwing their head back, and you can see uh, parts of the jaw have been replaced as well. Not the entire jaw, just like, not exactly a hinge, mostly just teeth, silvered teeth, as, as they speak. I will tear him apart as I have torn myself, and I will build him anew in perfection. Well, gum. That's a good enough reason, isn't he? What about you? Points over to your character, Cat. You see a man um, pull his little black bowler hat off his head, put it down on the table and says, Well, if helping you hurt Mugland helps me get Angelique Loveless, then the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Them two's one and the same. I tell you what. They work together. Now, what does your uh, character look like? Um, you see a human man. He has light brown hair, sort of slicked back a little bit. He's got a beard, not too not too full, but not um, stubble. Nice, almost handlebar, but a little bit more droop mustache going on. Dresses like he thinks he's somebody special, but you can tell he's from the rough part of town and his waistcoat's <laughs> got a little patch on the side and all that. Uh-huh. Um, he's just a regular old human man, but uh, you can tell um, while he says all that, he kind of messes, puts his hand on his rapier. He's got a he's got a beef with Angelique Loveless because he's been framed. Beef. All right, and uh, so this 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 uh, woman, dwarven woman, Phoebe Dunsmith. I'll I'll try to have part of her. I didn't say my her. character's name. I just realized. Oh, what Neither is your character's I. name? <laughs> We're all nameless. Uh, it's like what did you say your name was? Psychier, the sanctioned, the observer. <laughs> <laughs> It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. At your service. It's ridiculous. Uh, what's your character's name? Uh, Chester Williams. Chester Williams? Chester Williams. We got Psykeer, the sanctioned, the observed, and Chester Williams. Chester's going to kill that man Williams on account of how I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and Kat, what's your character's name? He goes, pleased to make your acquaintance. I'm Alonzo Tinrivet. We got Alonzo, we got Chester, and we got Sykir. It's a good bunch. All right, so yes. The the full title, please. Sykir, the sanctioned, the observed. (laughs) Do I have to call you that every time we talk? Uh, Do I have to call you Sykir to sanctioned or Sykir the observer? You may pick, my child. Ah. (laughs) Thank you. Can I just call you (laughs) Sy? My child. My, my beautiful, fleshy friend, you are forgiven. I will kill you. <laughs> uh, Noted. The, so Phoebe Dunsmith uh, <laughs> looks all of you over and says, here's the game. Ambrose Mugland 
has a decent portion of his funds invested in an old bank called the Gold Tank Reserve. Now, it's in a rundown temple of Abadar in the Ironside Quarter. That's mo- it's mostly used by ranchers and crooked politicians. And I happen to know that half their clockwork handlers are out for maintenance and won't have them back until tomorrow afternoon. This is our chance to hit Muglin where it hurts. All you have to do is bust up the few remaining clockwork handlers, get the vault key from the bank manager, fill a sack with gold, and once you're done inside the bank, run out back. Simple as a pie. Well, pardon me for asking, because I'm sure you've got the details that you need to know and let us know. He pulls out a little book and starts writing about how many clockwork automatons are we talking about? I'm not sure how many are left in, but more than a dozen are out for service. So your best strike it now. There's not many left there. There's at least a few inside and probably outside. You could probably find out more if you case a joint. Any idea about the lock this money's under? Probably something pretty tight. I, I honestly don't know. That might be my specialty. You probably know this better than me, Alonzo, but Muggins got a few crooked shield marshals on his payroll, including that damn bastard Deputy Angelique Loveless. Lord. She and her goons are sure to be hiding on trail, but don't you fight them, all right? Because they'll gun you down in a second if you give them a chance. Just run away, and they'll look like fools. Your best bet is to head out through the Wailing Scrapyard. You can lose them in there. There's a sewer entrance somewhere in there, um, and it's a straight uh, shot back to the saloon from there. Great. I'll have to remember to put on my less fancy clothes. But I should warn you that supposedly that scrapyard's a bit haunted. I, I'm not super familiar with it, but it's an easy escape out the back of the bank. Oh, you mean emphasis on the welling part of welling scrapyard. It gets his name for a reason, that's for sure. Yeah. I missed that. Why? Why is it haunted? Oh, oh, it's haunted. Yes. <laughs> Wailing. Yes. She I, mentioned that it was haunted. I, I tuned out at exactly the wrong time. I apologize. I missed the key word. Yeah. Haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, ghosts. <laughs> Someone called Mr. Yink. The <laughs> uh, spirit. Were only I able to convince them to exist within the machines that I have created, that I have seen the perfection that is immortality in steel. That's true. That would be handy. But you also gotta watch out for the occasional possessed machine, too. (laughs) Also, it has possessed the machine. (laughs) Riveting. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Good pun. Rivet. Y'all got any questions, or does this job seem pretty straightforward? You say a pun. That is the pinnacle. The apotheosis. Pun? I said pun. Could have been talking to you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Chester strikes me as a sort who'll put himself in a conversation. Much like Jacob. I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, so do you guys have any questions for Dunsmith, or does the job seem pretty straightforward? Uh, we go into the bank. We kill the automatons, if you would consider them alive. Now, that's morals right there. We, <laughs> we, we dismantle. We dismantle the automatons. Dispatch. Yeah. Uh, we rob the bank, and we walk out the back door. Uh, into we, the haunted scrapyard. Well, the scrapyard's not directly behind it. It's an escape route behind the bank. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're walking out the bank and into the scrapyard. Yeah. It's on the way. And to Alonzo's chagrin, we don't engage Angelique Loveless. Uh, yeah, because you probably would get hella killed. We are, you got a map for us to follow for this route? Yeah, I can guide you. Uh, I, I can show you uh, on the map 
uh, where exactly to, to, to make your way. Uh, both the bank and the whaling scrapyard in the Ironside Quarter, but you can use the sewer entrance from the whaling scrapyard to, to make your way back here to the bullet, uh, barrel and bullet. And I suppose most importantly, uh, what's your take? Well, I, the way I see it is each of you guys can split 40% of the takings and I keep the rest to cover the fun for the next part of our plan to take down Muglin. I'm sure 40% of what you get out of a bank is going to be more than enough to fill your coffers to your lacking. If the rest of the money goes to taking down Muglin, I'm cool with that. Material wealth has no meaning to me. <laughs> On the other hand, it has a lot of meaning to me. <laughs> I don't recall asking. Well, that's settled. <laughs> <clears throat> This but I appreciate be, your honesty, my child. This is going to be fun. You guys are fun. I will <laughs> utilize this. I have been granted the opportunity to progress further, to ascend higher. Will you join me, my child? Sure. My <laughs> blessings upon you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I can't think of any other questions. No other questions? You guys, no? Well, if she doesn't know anything about what type of lock and key this is going to be under, then my dude's got no questions. I only ask that you pray for the automatons that we must dismantle. It is not their fault that they have been so cruelly enslaved. Well, mean sons of bitches, too. You are forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got punched in the gut by an automaton in a bar fight once. <sighs> Sucker bruised up like you wouldn't believe. The flesh is weak. Sure. <laughs> sure. Just look the other way. <laughs> Yeah, but anything else you want to ask, or does you feel like it's pretty straightforward for you guys? Like, do you want any details? I honestly can't think of anything. Like, it sounds like she doesn't know a whole bunch other than the automatons are out. Uh, and that, that means the bank is weak. Based on the time of day, how likely is it that we are to run into civilians within it? Well... To keep in mind that when it comes to Muglin's business, nobody's innocent, right? So that said, you know, don't go in and try to killing anybody or taking hostages if you don't have to, right? But don't get me wrong. I wouldn't mind taking his investors, quotes, uh, around that, down a notch too. Uh, but I can't abide working with a crew of marauders as wicked as the devil himself. Well, are we, are we doing this in the middle of the day? That's up to you. Oh, okay. Uh, all I know is that his automatons will be back by tomorrow afternoon. Right now, it's about like 8 p.m. when you just saw this like okay. show and everything. Uh -huh. And I know the bank opens up in the morning around maybe 8, so uh, if y'all want to hit it tonight or you want to hit it in the morning, just any time before those automatons get back, you're going to have one hell of a time. Well, I... Th I have heard what I need to hear. Same here. All right. Aye. Well, before y'all go... I have a little few things that are going to help you on your, your heist. Uh, and she hands you a bag. Ooh. Not a heist, my dear lady. <laughs> this is a crusade. A pilgrimage. I'll take the heist bag. Uh, uh, and it is a bag of holding type one. Oh, what? Now this will hold ah. more gold than any of y'all can carry all on your own. Even more than your uh, strong clockwork arms can handle. I have a ten in strength. Okay. <laughs> I know, but she As doesn't know do that. do I. <laughs> Wait, do we all have no, like, no extra strength? I have ten. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and she also hands you uh, 
some hats. Now, she hands you the bag and says, Now, here's a few things you might be able to use. Keep the pouch and put all your gold in here. Otherwise, it'll just slow you down. And put on the hat so you can keep your identity secret. And But don't muss them up. Uh, I'll be wanting all these things back whenever you're done. Uh, but if that's it for you guys, I, I got to head on out. I got some food coming for you and uh, some whiskey if you're interested. Uh, you can you know, eat here and discuss your plan. But uh, other than that, just meet me back here after the job's done. Sound good? That sounds good to me. Yeah, so mechanically, what she's given you is a bag of holding type one. And hats of disguise. And uh, three hats of disguise. <laughs> one for each of you. Nice. nice. So what's the look of the hat? Uh, Pirate hat. I want to say... Cowboy hat. My cowboy deep down self wants to say either cowboy hat or bandana. Oh, bandana. But uh, it's totally really up to bandana. you guys. Bandana. Or, or you could do one of those floppy cowboy hats that, you know, it covers up your eyes and the top mm. of your face. But I mean, a bandana tied around the nose and mouth really screams my rogue. It really does. Uh, so what do you guys want to do? You're alone here. It's about, you know, eight o'clock in the evening. The show's over at the tavern. Uh, we didn't say the name of it, but the name of this tavern is the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. Uh, and Phoebe Dunsmith, the lady to talk to you, is the proprietor of said tavern. Uh, basically what you know is you have about 12 hours till the bank opens to do whatever you want uh, and then when the bank opens you have probably around 6 or so hours till the clockwork handlers make their way back mm. in the service so what's your game plan? I will partake of a meal with these people I will fuel the weak flesh <laughs> and then I shall purge the evil that exists within my church I thought you were going to say and then I shall purr I shall purr. <laughs> My weak flesh is hungry too, so I'll wait for some food. All right. I will yep. sit in the sun and I will purr. I you could do a meal. I will roll onto my back and expose my belly, but you may not touch it, or else I will fuck you up. <laughs> so you, you like my house cat? You are forgiven. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you uh, are that's forgiven. His, so while we're sitting here, while like, food like will you. get there, we eat. So uh, <laughs> what what type of skills we each bring to the table? I, I got a sharp eye. I can notice things pretty easily, especially if I have time to study it. Uh, that's my whole, you know, gist. Uh, what about you? He'll point to... Uh, Alonzo Alonzo. What, what, Alfredo. What you bring to the table? Alfonso. Al as to his friends. Aflac. Well, the ten rivets are generations of locksmiths. I can pick a lock and stab with this this here rapier. I'm sneaky. Got some skills. Come from the rough part of town down in Ferris Quarter. Well, that sounds like it'll be real handy for robbing a bank. What about you? <laughs> Secure the observer. Thank you, my child. <laughs> I try. You looking at your you looking at <laughs> your like notebook like foundry <laughs> with the name right there. Psyker. But oh. secure is okay. Psyker. I will yes. make note of that. There's my notes. <laughs> I can heal. I can harm. I can affect the weakness of the flesh to my advantage, depending on your alliance to me. Do you carry a weapon? I have a crossbow. I have a dagger. I have no qualms with killing to protect my flock. Did you say you had, like, healing capabilities? Yes. Would you say, like, magically wise? Observe. And they press one hand down onto the table, and they take uh, their other hand, claws out, and drag one nail, like, up their skin. Not... <laughs> 
bad, just enough to draw a little bit of blood, and it is silvery, and it is glowing, and it's very much so just eking positive energy. Oh, you you be careful with that. So I let's let's uh, let's keep this between you guys and me, because some people don't take kindly to this kind of thing. But uh, I got a bit of the uh, vampire in my heritage. Uh, my daddy's sad. Uh, my daddy. Um, so like that will hurt me real bad. Like so. I will keep that in mind. I really appreciate it if you would. I have uh, the capacity to deal negative damage as well. Oh, that'll... Okay, that's good, because that'll actually... Yeah, it's, that's good. That's good. That's good. And you respond normally to traditional medication. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just Medical the whole... practices, The yes. whole typical positive and negative energy things are, like, reversed, unlike for normal people. I'm like a battery that's upside down. Exactly. You ain't interested in... Fleshy. In drinking okay, my blood. Child. Ew, no. That's disgusting. It is okay. The flesh is weakened one day. You will be purged. I will see to it myself. Oh, that sounds like a thing. Are I appreciate you like it. some kind of doomsday preacher? <laughs> I have seen the ascension of mortality. So doomsday. It exists in screws and rivets and planes of metal I shaped. like rivets. <laughs> I like rivets. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I know the inspiration for this character has a base in, I don't know... 40k um, and it's funny because sometimes it feels like we have Pathfinder characters and a 40k character in terms of like role play and I kind of like that but it's also the perfect way to play a cultist because let's face it everyone in 40k is a cultist yeah so do you look like Matt Mercer <laughs> oh, oh. oh. cat boy Party Matt Mercer joke. actually old no. joke uh, this would be the cult leader all of the followers would be Matt Mercer. That, so That's basically what fair. I'm hearing <laughs> is that if you become part of Psyche's cult, you'll start looking like Matt Mercer. The but change maybe with will a, begin to happen. With a clockwork face. <laughs> with a clockwork maw. My child, I will rename you, shape you in my image, and I will call you Cat Mercer. <laughs> Oh Let's go around the bank. <laughs> so what do you want to do? There's a couple different things you guys can do. I know one thing that I want to do okay. is that before we actually go into the bank or start the robbing process, I would like to watch it for a little bit, at least for a minute, so I can use one of my special abilities. Oh, I'm all for casing the joint. Is that the first thing you guys want to do? After we eat. After we eat. Okay. I would like to role play eating. Eating, yes. not with not with snake. Okay, we can role play the, eating. No, the conversation was supposed to happen. Yeah. Is there yeah. cornbread? That, 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 that's there's a joke. There's cornbread. Oh Is there butter beans? Uh, there's steak fries. Uh, there's uh, ribeyes. Could it's you great. fried ham? If you want it, sure. I don't really. Think of the most cowboy food. Beans. And then eat beans. it. Beans. It okay. can. Everyone gets beans. Beans of cornbread. Gas is going to happen real bad now. The, oh, oh no. Minus sweet. one to stealth. Good luck stealthing. <laughs> oh. Okay, <Psych> Owen. <laughs> no. This it's is a, a whole new road. Do not do that to poor Alonzo. Psyche is like stealthing farts. The flesh is weak. <laughs> the flesh is erupting. <laughs> Alonzo in the background. I'd say the flesh is strong. <laughs> oh. Farts again. 
Uh, but like, besides watching the bank, what else really is there for us to do? We could scope out the the uh, howling. Yeah, we could get a, We could get an uh, an idea on our escape yeah. route. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. We could scope out the escape route. Yeah, I mean, so you can case it. Yeah, you can you can try to scope out the either scope out the scrapyard or if you want to try and dig up more information about it if you're worried about it you can do that um good old gather information Would in that Pathfinder. Be, uh, under alkenstar lore uh <laughs> i think i'd allow it so uh we're basically so for, if you haven't played pathfinder second edition what we're in right now there's three modes of play there's encounter mode which is your normal round by round fighting there's exploration mode, which is what we're doing right now, which things kind of happen small at the m- most minute in in like 10 minute increments. And then there's downtime mode, which is kind of days at a time, longer term stuff, right? So one uh, exploration mode activity you can do if you want to find out more about the Whaling Scrapyard is to do a gather oh, information roll. Yeah. Uh, typically, you do that with diplomacy, and that's supposed to kind of signify going around and talking to people and figuring stuff out. Um, but if you have Alkenstar lore, I think I'd allow it to substitute. Well, I have Alkenstar lore. Then why don't you make the first roll of the game and give me a, uh, a, a roll to, uh, gather, uh, I, I won't call this gather information. I'll substitute this and call it recall knowledge. Also, I should note, I got me some new dice for this game. They're lovely. They're white with red okay. blood spatters. <laughs> I, I do have to ask one question before we do this. Sure. I, my character has obviously had it out for Mugland. Sure. My character has an ability called Pursue a Lead, where, well, let me click on it next to talk about because this could, I could add to your role if this goes right. Um, maybe. Uh, Pursue a Lead, you spend one minute examining the details of one potential clue designating the subject related to that clue as the target of your active investigation. I would like to have Pursue a Lead to Mugland before this really starts. Sure. Um, and what that allows me to do is whenever you attempt a perception check to investigate a designated subject or something related to it, kind of, you gain a plus one circumstance bonus to the check. What this applies to it is up to you. Uh, unfortunately, my class has a whole bunch of it's up to the DM to decide if this goes with it. Beautiful. So you have fun with that. Um, but they're typically perception checks or skill checks that use with, uh, mental ability modifiers. Um I have an ability to let a friend use my plus one. Would this research... Inv- no, not for the Wailing Scrapyard. Okay. If you were trying to find out some information, if you wanted to roll uh, lore on like the bank, yeah, I would let it apply, but not for the Scrapyard. Okay. okay, and so before you roll, okay, I'm going to interrupt again real quick. Uh, so uh, for those who don't know Pathfinder 2nd Edition, uh, it's a D20 game, you know, like your, your D&D and your other stuff. Uh, so what you're going to roll is a D20, and you're going to add your uh, relevant uh, modifier for you. It's going to be Alkenstar lore, uh, and that comes from like one of your, you know, typical six ability scores, strength, dex, con, int, wisdom, and charisma. And then uh, you're going to add your, you know, skill bonus. Uh, and, and this game, unlike the first edition of Pathfinder, you don't spend skill points each level. You have like proficiency, kind of like 5e. Uh, and at this level, you're going to be what's called trained, where you add like your normal modifier and then plus two for being trained. So what's your total for uh, Alkenstar lore? Plus three. 
So it's like one from intelligence and then two from trained, I imagine? Yeah, uh, actually, it's just three from trained. I don't have intelligence. Well, how? that's right. It's level plus two for trained. Yes. My bad. Uh, all right, so go ahead and roll your d20 and tell me what you get. And while you roll, a lot of these... Oh my goodness, do I get the roll, no, y'all? I was going to say, you could go ahead and roll. I was going to say, real quick note, a lot of these kinds of checks are usually secretly rolled by the DM, but we ain't about that life. I ain't about yeah. secret checks. Do not take away my chance to do the click-clack number and rock. I agree. What'd you get? Was that a... a what? Okay, from my view... No, it's a 10. Oh, it looked like okay. an actual one. I got 13 <laughs> total. No. All right, oh, 13 isn't going to cut it. Uh, Didn't think so. For this. Uh, another fun thing about Pathfinder 2nd Edition is unlike in 5e and 1st Edition Pathfinder... Uh, instead of just having a DC that you have to hit and you either succeed or you fail, uh, in this game you have degrees of success. So Was that uh, a terrible fail? No, that's just a regular failure. If you succeed, you know, it's, you have failure success and you, if you roll uh, 10 under the DC, that's going to be a critical failure. If you roll 10 over, that's a critical success. Uh, which is pretty cool. It, it comes up a lot more in stuff like combat, um, but in a lot of these skill checks, you can get something extra for nailing a critical success, which I super duper like. I think that's great. Well, I mean, I didn't roll that great. It was a 10. So I'll say, yeah, you don't have to spend any time recalling this knowledge about the Wailing Scrapyard, but you just, you can't think of anything. You've heard of it before. You know it's an Ironside Quarter, um, and you've heard that it's haunted, hence the name Wailing Scrapyard, but you don't know anything else about it. About it. Unfortunately, I can't offer much about the whale and quarter. Well, I, Would that be something I could look up with religion? Or like, oh, start, do some research with uh, religion checks? Uh, no, what you're going to have to do is like cozy up to people uh, while the evening's still relatively young and gather information, unfortunately. So this is, this is a Also, oh, would this be diplomacy? Diplomacy yes. to gather information, yeah. I'll do that. Twelve. 12 total? Yeah, for diplomacy. Uh, okay, so that's also not going to cut it. Maybe you talk around the patrons here at the Barrel and Bullet uh, asking about the Wailing Scrapyard. Uh, a couple people just politely tell you you don't know what it is, and a couple other people are just drunk off their ass. Uh, it is Sunday, uh, according to the day we're playing, uh, but every day is drink day here in Alkenstar. Child, I ask of you if you have any knowledge on the unholy machinations of machine and undead. The what? What? <laughs> what? What? Is undead whiskey? Oh, that sounds like a good drink. How you making undead? It's bourbon? Rye? Vodka? It's an Isla. <sighs> well, that makes sense. It's, it's just White Claw. A little hot sauce. Uh-huh. A lot of White Claw. Yeah, yeah, but you're not able to get anything, unfortunately. Uh, and it's, it does take you a, a couple hours, you know, carousing, uh, going around... Uh, and asking different people, is anyone else? Uh, My turn. Okay. I have underworld lore. Okay. Could I use that for the bank? For the bank? Since okay. Since it is a cesspit of money for you the mean underworld. A cesspool? I, I will let you roll uh, under. This will be a recon notch. It won't be yes. like a uh, long term. Since my guy's done invest, he's been looking into muggling for a while. It's not impossible he would have like realized this bank is like a place. Sure, go ahead, roll it. And can I get my plus one from pursue a lead on the bank? Yeah, because it's on the bank uh, and it's relevant to the lead you have been pursuing. I rolled a four on the die plus Dang. eight is twelve. Uh, that's not going to cut it either. Well. <laughs> oh, wait, you know what? I take it back. This falls under a different check. My bad. You do get some information. <gasps> Yay! Not nice. a lot. 
So what I'll tell you for a 12 uh, is that you obviously know that's in an old temple of Abadar in the Ironside Quarter. Oh, it's in an old temple of Abadar? Yes. That's cool. Uh, so it's it's, an, it's a rundown temple of Abadar. You know that the Ironside Quarter, like 40, 50 years ago, was the site of like a mutant outbreak. Um, and was like walled off from the rest of the city. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to move you guys on our foundry here Ooh. to the uh, map of Alkenstar. Can you all see it? Yes. Do you see the Ironside Quarter? Yes, it's the on the left side. All right, cool. I'll try to have this up in the video if I can. Uh, and you see how it's like walled off you from are the rest of the city. That so incorrectly. It is not Ironside. It's Ironside. 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 I'm sorry. I'm in my podcaster voice. I'm actually pronouncing things. It's, Ironside. Uh, but it's like walled off from the rest of the city here. Basically, there was an outbreak of mutants and they they contained it and like, you know, and long ago they had set up these like clockwork turrets and drones and people to like make sure no one broke out of it. But like that mutant outbreak is like long in the past at this point. And now it's just kind of a really crappy rundown part of town, uh, as evidenced by its discoloration on the map. Uh, this is in the Ironside so, Quarter. Yes. What was the mutation? Uh, it's just mutants. Mutants, like uh, that's a. There are mutants in the Mana Wastes outside of Alkenstar. Okay. And sometimes there can be like an outbreak of them, and they can be uh, unfortunate to deal with. Ah. And where along this, on this map, would the Welling Scrapyard be, if you know? It would also be in the Ironside Quarter. Cool. Are these ghosts of mutants? <laughs> it might not be haunted at all. It might just be mutants. I'm not impossible. Maybe. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll mention this because he doesn't know how, if any of y'all have lived here for long. He'll be like, y'all, it's uh, pretty dilapidated over there. So things are going to be run down. Some bad stuff happened there in the past with mutants and whatnot. Do I know anything about this district? That's all I got. Uh, I mean, unless, if you want to roll, uh, if you have like Alkenstar lore or Underworld lore or something like that, you could roll Recall Knowledge. Um, other than that, like if you want to go out there tonight, you can case it. That's another like. I'd like to case Let's it. Let's case it. Let's case it until shortly before it would open. So I'm going to say uh, with the gather information that uh, Saikir did, it's going to take it's going to add about two hours onto the clock. Uh, so it's about 10 p.m. whenever you make your way uh, to the bank in Ironside Quarter. Uh, so if you're referencing the map, the Barrel and Bullet Saloon is going to be in the Ferris Quarter. Uh, close so you gotta, to home. Yeah, close to home for your character, yeah. So you're going to have to make your way to the Ironside Quarter uh, here on the west side of town. The west. Um, <laughs> so you make your way over to the bank, and what are you going to do once you get there what what kind of checks do you think you want to roll like what are your characters doing when you get to the uh, bank uh, is now the Ironside quarter yeah went through a lot dilapidated it's in rough shape is it mostly abandoned or is it being used uh, make perception once you get there are we all allowed to do that everyone is yeah that is a 15 okay 15 for you I got an 18 with a 12 on the die 12 on the die for hey, 18. I'm a rogue. My thing is perception. Uh, I will say, Captain Rogenstein, that you can also roll thievery if you wanted to. Yeah! What would that be with thievery? Uh, 12 plus, it would have been a 19. 19? Okay, so 23, we'll just 23, 19. Uh, <laughs> cultist McSyker, do you want to roll on this? 11. Uh, 11 total for you? Yep, 11. 
Uh, okay, so with 11, you're not going to add anything new, but I will say um, Alonzo and uh, Chester, you're both going to learn something new here. So Chester, with your perception check, I will say you kind of get the vibe uh, that this is a very quiet street. This is like not only, you know, the rundown part of town, but like half the buildings here, you notice are probably abandoned. Uh. Like you see, there's there's absolutely no one staying there. And a ruckus at this bank is unlikely to like draw the attention of the shield marshals or any other like outside people. Uh, and then for your thievery check, Alonzo, I'll say that you realize that there is a back alley. You can't really access it from the front of the bank, but if you go around a few blocks, there's a back alley you can get to. Um, at the back of the bank and it features like this overgrown yard that may have like once had this uh, vegetable garden or something in it but now it's got like a lot of weeds and a lot of dry leaves and it would be kind of hard to sneak up there but in this back alley there's a pathway to a side door marked staff only uh, and it's locked And that's it's, what you uh, get. It's locked. It is locked. Not for long. Not for Not long. Not for long. Are you guys going to start a heist in the middle of the night? I would prefer to start it in the middle of the night. Yeah. Okay. I can't see in the night. I'm a human. I could cast light. I don't know if that would be a good idea. Like, where's a good old pair of dark vision goggles when you Do need you them? Do you want to, like, have me cast light on something and you keep it in your cloak and you just sort of... Use it when I need it. Yeah, just open it up. Put it on like a little coin, a copper piece or something. Kind of cup it in your hand. Just sort of shine it like a flashlight. Like a flashlight. Yeah. (laughs) Your uh, Alkenstar flashlight. uh, Alonzo, if you can cast light for uh, me to pick that lock. Do not worry, child. I am the light. All right, so I'm going to say it's about midnight right now. Do you want to start? Do you want to start this heist? Are we going to do it at night? Yeah. I mean... It's better than if there are people there. Sneaky's right. better. Alonzo mm-hmm. would hate to hurt innocents Except to take down the, the bank. Except for the small fact that we would be fighting in the dark. I could cast light once we were inside. That's true. I'm all for it. I'm ready I'm if sneaky. you guys are. Sneaky in the dark is better. All right, so I'll say Black Alonzo. Black leather time. <laughs> part of your thievery trick when you find this uh, side door, I'm going to go ahead and take you guys to the map. <gasps> take us to the map. Ah. The map. It's the map. It's the map. I'm going to put you in the back alley. Is that fine? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You said that this particular area was um, quiet enough. We could probably have gone the back route to get here and not have disrupted much of anything if we're just crunching through some leaves. I'm not going to lie. Going to this map at night uh, with you guys trying to stealth this bank, I get some strong... Payday 2 vibes. Oh my goodness. I love the token you Get picked up, out, Jacob. Buddy. <laughs> Get, Get up, buddy. Get the fuck up. Get the fuck up. Uh, let's hope this doesn't go payday 2 for you. That Fiddle's would be broken. That would be unfortunate. Get the body bags. Right, so Alonso, this I'm going to place you at the uh, back alley here. All right. Uh, so you can see uh, there is a door. Uh, if you would like to pick it, I'm going to need a number of successful thievery checks. I was going to ask, do I need to do any stealth to be quiet to do this or um, just thievery? Just thievery. There's no one in this back alley right now. Like, uh, that's one of the vibes you got from uh, Chester's check. There's no one really, like, out here doing patrols or anything. All right, then. Come on, blood spattered eye. I was about to say, and uh, while they're um, starting to work on the door... Um, my guy 
Chester. There you go. I forgot my own name for a second there. He's going to reach up to his chest, shake up one of his vials, plop in a feather, and then chug it. And I, what I have done is I have used the eagle eye elixir on myself. Uh, wow. From now on, I will have plus one to perception and plus two to perception if there's a trap. Oh, okay. So go ahead and make me a thievery check. Oh, that's a natty 18 for a 25. Goddamn. All right. So that is one success. You're going to need two more successes to break this lock. All right, then. Rolling again. Oof, 11. Okay, so... What happens when you fail picking a lock? I don't suppose we can assist on this, can we? No, this is not okay. something you can assist on. This is something that also requires, like, tools. I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, do I break one of my tools or something? All right, so the way I'm, this is going to work, basically, nothing bad's going to happen to you if you fail. The only thing that's going to be bad that happens is if you critically fail, because then okay. you're going to bust your tools. A failure just kind of resets you. You need, well, it says you need three successes. It doesn't say consecutive. Yeah. So do you need just three successes then, I imagine? Unless it says consecutive, that's how I'd interpret it. All right, so you have one success. You can continue to roll. Okay, so that wasn't a critical fail. No. And my 25 wasn't a critical success. No. I'm assuming. Okay. Natty 16 for a 23. That's another success. And a 17. For a total of... For just total, 17? 17 total. I That's going to be 10. another failure, uh, but you can continue rolling. It is not Ooh, a critical failure. It's like, what is it? The um, the count is full. Go ahead, make me that roll. <laughs> Natty 19, how's a 26 suit you? That's really good. I, not a critical success, but that's still good. That's three successes then. Yep, three nice. successes. That door pops right on open. Um, while while he's picking the lock, if he ever gets a free hand, it's just kind of, you know, messing with his mustache, thinking. It's all about the tumblers. All right, so I have... I, I'm, I'm I to- had a blog back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that I- stare off into the distance look that Drow had. <laughs> Audio comedy gold. <laughs> uh, I feel I- like the wistfulness was translated in my voice. Oh, yes. It helps. You're a method actor. You have to be what you're saying. Have to be the same. Should I take the fake mustache so Uh-oh. I can be a method actor too? <laughs> I My do child, have fake mustaches. You are forgiven. Uh, all right, so can I take the lock? Is it is it like a, a um a lock that I could take with me, or is it an inset lock? Uh, I'm gonna say it's not the kind of lock you can take with you. I mean, it's like a door lock. Like it's not a, like it's okay. a door. simple the door. All right, so uh, basically, yeah, you're able to break in. Uh, basically, the way thievery checks are going to work is. You need multiple successes so that some random person with a natural 20 can't bust open a lock. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, and if you critically fail, you bust your tools. Lock, so. lock picking is an exercise in persistence. Correct. All right, so you are able to get in, and uh, I've unlocked the door on Foundry if you want to move into that room right um, here. Can I go in first with some stealthy stealth? Uh, why don't you roll me some stealth checks? <sighs> I'm a roll stealth. Should all of us? You uh, are you all going to go into this room? Yes. yes. Do you want me to scope it out and then kind of wave you in? Uh, if you want to step in like five or ten feet ahead of us, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah, Question. let me step in one ahead. My human rogue. Do mm-hmm. you have dark vision? I do not. Maybe they do have a light. I do have a light that I'm going to cut my hands around like a flashlight. I could go first because I have dark vision. 
go, you could. Um, um, taking a look inside, he, he steps back. I can't see in the dark. Well, I can give it, I, I can give it a try. He looks at you and his eyes do that like reflection like animals' eyes do. Uh-huh. I can Excuse see me. pretty good. Can you see like in the what? dark, Sykir? I can see low light. Okay. Well, that's not going to help you, unfortunately, yeah. in this situation. Um, so uh, I can roll a stealth check. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check, The bane Chester. of human rogues. You gave me a 20 earlier. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Seven. Seven total. So I try to stealth inside of the bank. Uh, you step and you step on a creaky board. Where do board. I step in at? Like I'll next put you to- in. Oh, okay. Silently um, cursing in his head. I could have done it better. There you go. <gasps> I see a table. So I'll describe the room that Kill you it. see here. <gasps> I killed the table. Uh, a scratched and stained round table stands surrounded by mismatched chairs in this cramped room. A series of tall cabinets line the southern wall near a door to the west. The smell of fish emanates from one of the cabinets. <laughs> A door on the north wall leads to, uh, uh, you would know, it leads to like the front of the bank. Yeah. Um, and just to the west, uh, a pair of doors open to identical water closets. Oh, anyone got to go to the pee-pee room? <laughs> I'll uh, go ahead and uh, make sure that you guys can see there. I apologize. Because the they, weak. <laughs> they are in fact unlocked. Um, uh, he will wave his He'll put his hand out the door and wave the others in, and he'll step to right there to make room for them. Okay. Yeah, so nothing happens. You know you're not particularly quiet coming into this room, but you don't see anything happen, Um, and no one's in it. Okay. What do you do? I guess I'll try some of the door, door, the lockers. Uh, Okay, so... um you get the vibe that this is kind of looks kind of like a break room. Uh huh. Like there's you know there's ba- there's toilets. Uh, there's a, a, a crappy table with stuff on it. Um, is that a is that a book actually on the table that we could? Is sure. It a ledger? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh no, it's more like just a notebook. It's smut. It's smut. It's doodles. It's inappropriate. Someone's drawing furry porn. Who's been drunk dicks? <laughs> Who's been drawing dicks? Uh, yeah, but there's lockers and, and the cabinets I if you want to go through them. I do want to go through the lockers. Absolutely. This is a corrupt bank. I have no qualms with stealing from them. Uh, it's unlocked. Uh, there's not much of value in there um, from like west to east going down these lockers here. Uh, you find a basic crafter's book. You find five black candles. A half stick of chalk. Ooh. Fishing tackle. Interesting. A clay ocarina. Huh. Uh, and replacement picks for thieves' tools. <gasps> I take those. Uh, and then last, hey. but certainly not released, you find a half-used writing set containing cartoon drawings of a magical kobold who fights undead. Really? I really. love that. Oh, His name is, is Jerry. This is some good stuff. What is a basic crafter's book? Basic crafter's book is an item in the core rulebook. This book contains formulas for crafting common items. Uh, includes formulas for crafting common adventuring gear, armor shields, weapons, etc., etc., etc. I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have crafting will be a thing that I am good at. Does anyone take the uh, book with the adventures of Jerry, the mighty kobold fighting the undead? 
Absolutely. Is there a... Oh, there we go. Free. Week. I've got those replacement picks. Should leave a few coins in its place. <laughs> I'm, um... Alonzo is with Chester on this. He's sort of in the ends justify the means thing. Okay. Uh, there's, so there's a door to the north side of this chamber uh, that is shut. I'm just going to read through it really quick. I don't know if I want to take it with me, but I do want to know how it ends. The Cobalt Adventure? Yes. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, are you going to read through it right now? Yes. Right now? Right now. How uh, long is it? It's the story of Jerry the Cobalt, uh, also known as Jerry the Mighty, who fights uh, undead. He fights a horde of ghouls for his town, but his lover is slain uh, when she contracts ghoul fever from one Nalrad uh, cat mitten, the ghoul. <laughs> Nalrad cat mitten? Mm-hmm. Uh, play the Rise of the Rune Lords, guys, if you haven't already. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh! The Saint Skin Man. <laughs> My it, goodness. It's like a kid's comic book that oh, someone's working that's on. that's great. I love it. I'm just going to say I made that up. Um, oh, okay. I was about to say, that sounds... The cartoon drawings of Magical Cobalt Who Fights Undead is in the adventure. Everything else is me. Oh. A single tear slides down their furry spotted and striped cheek. Okay. I could uh, have fixed her. I could have saved her. <laughs> I am so sorry, Jerry. Jerry. And I, Jerry. I, put the book, I put the book down. You put it back? Yes. <laughs> back the way it was? Yes. I take one page so that whoever tries to read this next is angry. <laughs> do you take something from the middle or do you take the last page? So I take the like ending. the second to last page. Ooh. So there's like so I take the climax. There you go. There you go. Okay. No! So you've kind of got this room sorted out. It looks like some sort of break room. Where do you want to go now? Uh, to the door. I will also check both water closets. Uh, they are both clean and unused. The temptation. To shit? I went no, to the little thieves the room earlier. The temptation to check inside the <laughs> toilet is strong. And some of you out there, hey, audience, hey. might scoff at me, but we played an adventure where we found some good treasure in the bottom I of an play. outhouse. Where was that? That also was um, in Rune Lords. That, nope. That was... Was it in Rune Lords? No. There it, was one in Rune Lords, though. That's where Silas got tetanus. That, no, that was a hidden thing behind the toilet from it, but we found one in the bottom of an outhouse in um, D&D. In- D&D. Um, oh, oh, oh. Um, it was... Uh, one we played with the hex grid. Yeah, it was... Um, Tomb of Annihilation. A tomb of Annihilation. You literally did find stuff in, you the, in the outhouse. You scoffed at me. You looked at me so incredulously when I said, I check inside the outhouse um, and there was but something But I there. play Seven Days to Die and in older versions of the game, sometimes you could find guns in the toilets. I was about to say, if Bioshock has taught me anything, it's that you always search the toilets for food and healing items. But I am disgusted. Murky water? Chester will not because this seems like it's at least a bit more civilized. <laughs> I could do detect magic real quick. Uh, that could work. Too. Well, I don't know if it'd be magical, but that would, yeah, you know what? Just in case. Why not? Uh, Why not? Uh, in fact, I'll just sort of do that anyways. Uh, okay. Just around, so trying to see if there's something there. Can trip for you, right? Yes. Oh, no, this is a oh. exploration action. My yeah. bad. Uh, okay, so it's detect magic. Basically, you're casting detect magic over the course of, like, you know, multiple minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. No. Um, you don't find any magic ours in this room. I'll tell you that much. No, no, like it, like monk, look through the fingers. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yeah, sure. I, I spread my metallic paws 
there's a crosshair between uh, the ring and middle. I like that. And I just peer through it. That visual. I it's like, like that uh, visual. It's like Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you don't find any magical items. Um, I'll say from the little bit of light that you have so everyone can see in this room, uh, this is kind of a, it's a weird setup because you can tell this used to be like a big ornate stone temple that you're in, but there's a lot of like wood structures added on to make it feel just kind of like a normal place of business bank thing. It's kind of like if you've ever been, uh, there's sometimes there's like malls that have been turned into like other things. Uh-huh. And it feels weird that it's been like retrofitted onto that. Yeah. Same kind of vibe here. Uh, so what do you want to do? Door to the north, uh, you kind is of it locked? got everything. It is not locked. Every so often I'm going to tap on the wall just to see if something got like boarded over. Uh, you don't, uh, you want to roll perception? Sure. No, I'd like to roll perception too, if you don't mind. That's Can something I? we didn't do. Uh, 21. Sure. Yeah, everyone roll perception. <gasps> A god natural 20. Ah! I got 12. 12. So that is um, that is a 27 for normal things, a 28 for secret doors or traps. Secret doors or traps. Um, and and then I am you, standing at this door. Psych here, what'd you get? 21. 21. I'll say both of you, um, how long are you going to kind of wait and listen for stuff? I mean, we've got hours and hours, so I'm okay. willing to spend a little bit of time to take our time. Yeah, sure. So you spend a good little bit, like 10, 20 minutes in this room between searching it, detecting magic, and listening for stuff, and you kind of notice that in somewhat regular intervals, you hear that. Automatons. I'm going to pursue a lead on that. Okay, so what does this do for you? Okay, so once again, pursue a lead is I choose... I choose typically a single creature item or small location, and I, I that is my lead that I am pursuing. I get two of these at a time, uh, so I'm dropping what was the whole bank, but that probably didn't really work the way it sounds anyway. But examples of pursuing a lead, I don't need to know the identity, purpose, or even nature of the subject. I need to be aware of its existence. The best example they give is finding a footprint is enough to investigate the creature that left it. And seeing a hasty sketch of an item or location can be enough to start your investigation of that subject. So I am focusing on that noise. I'm going to use that as a pursue lead. And um, it basically is just a plus one circumstance bonus to perception or skill checks related to it. Um, and then there are some other bonuses if it happens to get into combat revolving around whatever the thing is either. Uh, but we'll worry about that when we get so there. So it's basically you can kind of select this thing one at a time and it'll give you bonuses to your checks. Yeah, I spent a minute focusing on that so that whenever we are looking to find more information about it, I can potentially find out more. Sweet. I think there's something walk around out there. Every time there's... <coughs> ears jump a little bit and the whiskers twitch. Well, if they point it out, would I notice too? Yeah, I mean, it's not something you might just like not hear it over kind of just general city noise in the background but if you listen for it, you can definitely hear that there's these regular intervals where you hear something moving outside the door and like whirring. Well, we knew we'd have to get into a fight anyway. Listen to the rhythm of a child. Can't you see the divinity within each calculated step? I can't see anything. Wait, I can see a lot of stuff. You guys can't see nothing. Counts. There is, in fact, light in here. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Or I am magic. <laughs> I am the light, my child. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but he was. I nod. We knew we were going to get into a fight when we came here. Do we want to wait till it gets close to the door and try and take it by surprise? Do you suppose that we could lure it out? Were we to make a noise? Could we lay a trap? The bag in front of the door and have it walk in. I don't think the bag's big enough for that. I guess the question I have, are we to assume that this thing is close? That sounds pretty faint. Your description. Well, it sounds like it's marching around the room. Oh, so it eventually does get louder as That's it That's what I'm us. assuming, because that's why we only hear it sometimes. It fades away, then fades back in, then fades Could away, we just then try fades back in. What about just opening up the door and seeing what happens? But I was, that's what I was trying to say. Do we want to wait till it gets closer, then open the door and try to rush it? Or we could do like Psykir said and uh, try to lure it in here by making a noise. Would this be a good place to fight? Uh, we'd be it able to... It may be a good place for a trap. Yeah. But it is also closer to an external exit. Should things get bad. Uh, Chester will pick up a chair. Okay. He'll motion for... Um, Alonzo to get near the door. Oh, like I want to be like up against the door, ready to sneaky stab. And then he'll wait till the clunking comes a bit closer and he'll smash the chair on the table. Trying to get them in here? Yeah, trying to make a noise that they would hear. Assumably. Assumably? Assumably. Can I ready an action that if one comes to the door, I stab it? Well, that's... Is that is that in new Pathfinder? Um, that, That'd be like a surprise action, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you want to kind of you want to make noise on purpose yes. and draw whatever's out there into here. Yes, if it'll listen, if it, if it'll work, if it yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you wait for it to get close. You smash the chair on the door. Do you open the door? No, I smash the chair on the table. On the I'm table. Just, I'm just smashing the chair for the noise. See if we can get it to open the door and come in. I mean, I could just, you know, really quietly open up the door if we need to. Uh, okay. Are, are you going to do that, or are you just going to try to get the noise to bring it in? I mean, I can just, you know, kind of let the door slide open. Yeah. All right, so you smash the table, you slide open the door a little bit, uh, and you and you hear, right when it gets close, you smash the table. It's, like, echoingly loud in this, like, stone uh, floors and some of the stone walls here, and everything goes silent afterwards if you hear, like, the splinters of the chair falling on the floor. I'll draw my gun. The door opens. <laughs> and in front of you, standing bathed in the tiny bit of light, uh, you see a like golden clockwork humanoid automaton with a like big lantern in its head and that as that lantern bathes its light on all of you standing in this bank it starts to go that sounds about right and that's where we're going to pick up next time <laughs> that sounds about right wee woo wee woo wee woo Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We are at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D, gallon. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag thirdgallon, and we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at thirdgallon. 
We also publish a video version of the podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon. Our theme for this season is Delta Rust, composed by Andy Ellison. Our ambience for this episode was composed by Michael Gelfie, and you can find more of his work on his YouTube channel, Michael Gelfie Studios. And you can support his awesome work at patreon.com slash michaelgelfie. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. I need to get jazzed up so everyone partake with me. Oh, oh, which one? Oh, 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 it's just proof that let's, we can chant anything just here. Let's get psyched, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could just we could chant anything if we wanted yeah. to. What's another dumb thing we could chant for jazzing? Gobble 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 lead, lead the way lead the way gobble 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 lead the way lead the way gobble 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 lead the way. It still freaks me out just a little bit. <laughs>